are live with the April 17th edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Brown, joined once again, like always, by Eric Eager, who uh, apparently went, you know, kind of viral last night doing some simple, basic math calculations for people. So, Eric, how does it feel to be, uh, you know, no one in the Twitterverse at this point in time everywhere? I think this is this is the most uh, likes I've gotten for a tweet. It says 30,000 likes. I, I feel like that's the most I've ever had. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, and it's pertinent, right? Because we've been talking over the past few weeks um, about draft props. Um, I know it's been more prevalent on the PFF forecast than it is on this podcast, but uh, we did get, uh, I think you and I have uh, uh, you know, five, you know, few figures here on uh, Justin Fields to go third. That was at plus 250. Now it's minus 125. But uh, as he wants to, Michael Lombardi comes back um, with some nonsense that eight, 98% of NFL teams uh, think the 49ers will trap Mac Jones, um, which puts it at roughly about 31.3 teams uh, think the 49ers will draft Mac Jones, um, which I found amusing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels like maybe the 49ers, maybe there's like 30% of the people in the building potentially like Mac Jones, but I am still uh, fully on board with Justin Fields. I do think that's the correct side, but we can talk some more about that later. First, let's get uh, just a little bit of FCS action here. We had a little bit of a tough week last week. Uh, we had basically no shot at Southeastern Louisiana at Nichols State under 71. I think they put up something like 96 points combined. Uh, never felt good about that one. That was kind of the game where uh, people swear off betting unders for the rest of their lives in those sorts of situations. So uh, that one didn't feel too well. Alabama, A&M, Jackson State also didn't really get us to the window. Um, Butler plus 10 really didn't come out against Drake either, but we did get... Uh, Presbyterian plus seven against Davidson to win outright. I think that closed right around four and a half. Um, so we did go one and three. We got to get, I think we got to get back on track here. This is the last regular season week of FCS action. Um, kind of some people, some teams set in stone for the FCS playoffs that start next week. I think Weber State's already in, Monmouth's already in, Sacred Heart's already in, Jacksonville State's already in. And then we have, uh, you know, a couple showdowns that are obviously going to determine who gets some more automatic bids uh, coming up here next week, but I'm excited. But I think you got some uh, potential winners for us here uh, coming up on Saturday. Uh, are we going back to the well with Presbyterian on this one, Eric? Or are we going to fade them this week? We aren't actually. We're going with a team or with a, a school that once offered me a professor job, which is Drake, uh, minus five and a half um, against Presbyterian. Drake has one of the best defenses in FCS. Um, Presbyterian, they've got us to the window two straight weeks, but. One week it was mostly defensive and special teams touchdowns, and last week, um, you know, I think I think you're really in for a letdown spot here. So give me Drake laying the five and a half here, um, uh, uh, you know, on Saturday. Yep, I, I I can get on board with that. I don't mind flipping kind of quickly uh, back to fading Presbyterian. I do think that is the correct approach. Uh, one that I kind of like here, maybe you can talk me out of it a little bit, but I am going back to the well. Really high total, Sam Houston, Incarnate Word, 77.5 total. I'm going under here. I think there's going to be a little bit of weather concerns. Uh, we could see some rain coming up after the game starts. 15-plus mile-per-hour winds, I think, throughout the whole game. Um, obviously, both offenses have been really good. I think Incarnate Word might be one of the best offenses in the FCS, but I still think 77.5, kind of an egregious total. So I am looking for uh, another under. I just can't quit him at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, seven to seven and a half is absurd. 
Uh, that, that's the kind of thing that could be done for, like, let's say you have a 7 nothing first quarter. Um, that's something that could easily be dead. And I'm going to do the same thing here. I'm going to go Mercer Stamp, uh, Mercer versus Stanford, 66, 65 and a half, I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to go under that. I know both teams are decent offensively, um, but I don't think they're good enough necessarily to get us to – I don't think FCS teams are good enough to reliably get us to 66. Uh, every single week so give me the under there there's one i like for the over though uh, and this was part of our jackson state fiasco alabama a&m alabama state uh you know they're they've they've done a a pretty good job of moving the ball relative to what this total is which is 50 and a half right underneath that key number 51 i'm gonna go over that uh as our our fourth pick of the week Yep, definitely. I can get on board with all four of those. I think I think we're going to be uh, feeling pretty good here heading into the FCS playoffs. But let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, maybe we could talk just real briefly about how some of our symbol futures have been doing that symbol S I M B U L L. They are you know kind of the stock market portfolio setup, kind of similar. Um, to sports betting, but they do kind of have this stock market feel to it. I've enjoyed kind of dabbling in it quite a bit as well. I know we've talked about the Jaguars, the Bengals. Um, have we seen any you know current movement on those markets? And how are you kind of playing this? Obviously, this could be a longer term investment. Nice thing about Symbol, you get those you know you can hold it for multiple years if you really want to. There really isn't any other option uh, to do that in you know the NFL or sports betting market. So that's kind of the way I'm playing it as maybe a longer term investment. Uh, do you have your eyes on any of these teams at this point in time, Eric? Uh, yeah, I mean we're we're doing well. We're up about twenty seven and a half percent since we bought in. Let's look at my. I mean, I I still have you know a couple shares of Falcons. Um, one that uh, a little higher end that I did buy, um, or is the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys about the same price right now as the Sim Falcons. So to me, I think that one has a little bit of a value being the best team in the worst division. You could bet the win total over. You could bet the division future. But all those things, like you're basically getting even money on the division, uh, win totals nine and a half. They don't need to even like satisfy all those to to be a good bet in this marketplace. Second year under under Mike McCarthy, so I do like that one. I do have a little bit of Sim Panthers that I had when I thought they were going to get Deshaun Watson. I'm holding on to that uh, for dear life. But that one actually is eleven dollars cheaper than Sim Bengals is with Joe Burrow. So that might even be a value. As people are sleeping on Sam Darnold, there's a chance that the Panthers, I, I think, will take a quarterback at eight, um, or at least consider it, which has to put them in the conversation uh, to be a good buy here. Sim Jets, uh, the Zach Wilson Jets, uh, are are $28.02. So again, uh, another good value, in my opinion, when you're buying low. Um, I do not have any money on my beloved Kansas City Chiefs, though, then. Yeah, they are uh, basically the highest priced team at this point in time. I kind of like the Jets. We are kind of buying them at their 52-week high. Uh, the Panthers, kind of like you touched on, have dropped, you know, basically 4 or $5 um, from just a couple weeks ago. So, I don't know. Maybe they're the spot that you can kind of get in. Obviously, they have a couple weapons on the outside. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, um, you know. People didn't love the fact that they went with Sam Darnold, but I do agree with you. I do think we could see a uh, potential quarterback fall to them at eight here. So let's let's talk a little bit more about some draft props. Then we got uh, some newer markets, especially from DraftKings. We have basically, um, you know, total number of positions, you know, 
how often that position is going to be drafted in the first round, basically. A few different ones jump out to me. Uh, one that I kind of like, total running backs under 0 0.5 plus money, plus 175. Um, I know some places have it at uh, 1.5 heavily juiced towards the under. I kind of like getting that plus price. I know people have Najee Harris coming in late in that first round, 29 and a half overall pick for where he, um, you know, where his market currently is at. But I don't think we're going to see it this year. I know we saw it last year. I think that's a little bit of recency bias. So I'm fading the running backs. I have to do it for the brand under 0 0.5 plus 175. Why don't you give me uh, one or two of your favorite ones here, Eric? Yeah, I think that's a good hedge, by the way. If you like over 18 and a half offensive players, I think under one half running backs at, you know, one point, you know, basically two to one is a, is a good hedge there. Um, you could still get the over offensive players and the under running backs. Um, but I, you know, but I, I think that there is a juicy middle there between those. Um, you know, here's here's one that I've liked for a while. Um, it does seem to be trending in the right direction, but I, you know, one of our outs, we were able to get over four and a half wide receivers at minus 167. It's minus 200 on DraftKings. Um, that would probably be my limit there. I do think that you're going to see the top three wide receivers, Bateman, and then somebody like Terrace Marshall near the end. Um, so that's one uh, I absolutely do like. And then the other one, um, somewhat as a, as a hedge as well as I like over six and a half offensive linemen in round one. I think we got it at plus 111 in one of our places, but it's plus 108 on, on DraftKings, so you can get a, a plus price prop there. I think this draft is going to be all about offense. Uh, I think there's a lot of defensive players where there are some question marks about how good they can be at the NFL level, um, and you should be able to profit from that um, by exploiting some of these positional markets um, there might be only like one or two edge players taken in round one. And I think the, the beneficiary there would be somebody who bets uh, the over on offensive linemen or wide receivers, Ben. Right. Yeah. Definitely watch, you know, who, um, you know, if you're, you know, checking different uh, books and stuff like that, make sure you have, you know, the correct labels for who's an edge defender, who's a linebacker and stuff like that. Cause it is kind of, you know, shifting a little bit with some of those books so i'd definitely be wary of that but uh, let's talk a little bit one that i've kind of had my eye on a little bit of here is position of team pick basically DraftKings uh dropped the exact playing position of almost every team's first drafted player a couple of them have the second drafted player you can also choose if that particular team is going to go offense or defense uh there's a few of them that are jumping out to me one that i really like they actually listed the jaguars second drafted player um offense plus 128 i do think we're going to see some help um you know on the offensive line to help protect trevor lawrence there at the top of the second round. So I really like that at plus 128. I mean, you're getting that plus price. So I think that's definitely a viable play. Uh, one other one that's jumping out to me, the Ravens first drafted player, plus 105 offensive. Um, I have a really hard time, you know, seeing especially how they performed in the middle to latter half of the season. Of course, they had a really good game in the playoffs, but I still think that they are going to be trying to help Lamar Jackson as best they could, whether that's getting an additional offensive line or, um, you know, finally getting that really legitimate wide receiver, um, you know, that can win, you know, win routes for them. Maybe a Rashad Bateman type, uh, Elijah Moore, somebody like that, I think could definitely be in play for the Ravens. So I kind of like that, getting that plus price at plus one five. Uh, do you have any in that market that you kind of like, Eric? Yeah, I like uh, the Minnesota Vikings at plus 250 to take a defensive lineman with their first pick. They're favored right now. Offensive line is minus 110. I think I can understand the offensive lineman there. Um, but at pick 14, there could be a number of players that come off the board. 
And, you know, and again, we're trying to decide what they sh they are going to do, not necessarily what they should do. I can see the Vikings saying, well, why do we want to pick the fourth best offensive lineman? when We can pick the first best defensive right. lineman. Uh, and, and to me, I think that that one, uh, you know, it is a play um, sort of worth considering. Um, I also like for Philadelphia, I do like the wide receiver plus 150. And, you know, when you look at their, their pick at 12, um, you know, there's some rumblings that they kind of want to move up into the top 10. I don't think that they want to move up into the top 10 because they covet a player like Patrick Sertan. Um, you know, at 12, they could get J.C. Horn, who I think is almost as good of a, a prospect. They're coveting a wide receiver, and at plus 150, that's a plus price. Cornerbacks plus 175. I do lean towards the favorite there uh, for Philadelphia, uh, wide receiver first, first pick for them. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like that as well. I do think we're probably going to see, um, you know, a run on wide receivers in in the mid range. I think people are more projecting that to be in the latter half of the first round. I think it's going to be in the te teens. Um, could see some of those guys fly off the board quickly. One that I got to talk to you about. Another one that I think could be in the market for a wide receiver: the Titans, plus one thirty three offensive player, plus three hundred wide receiver. Uh, do you see? Uh, you know, Mike Babrell and the Titans going in the direction of offense when the market kind of has them priced to take a defensive player. I don't really see that. Um, I think they're another team that's probably going to swing for offense, especially if we see a little bit of run on it. Uh, could you get on board with one of those two bets? And if so, what one do you like more? Plus 133 offensive player or plus 300 wide receiver? I can see plus 300. I would like plus 300 wide receiver. You get the better payoff. They, they have a need there. They'll let Khalif Raymond go. They left. Uh, you know, Corey Davis go. They let Johnu Smith go. They need weapons on that side of the ball uh, to go with A.J. Brown. Um, at plus 133 on offense, you're not really getting much in the way of a pop there uh, unless they take an offensive lineman, which I can see them doing, but they don't really need necessarily as much as they need a wide receiver. Cornerback does seem to be the favorite, and I get that because they don't have any good corners on their team uh, other than Christian Fulton possibly, so I understand that. Um, but I'm, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that was a good place to look at wide receiver there for the Tennessee Titans. Yep, definitely. I like that as well. So we'll see. The, we've had, you know, some pretty good success so far identifying some closing line value on, you know, this podcast on the PFF forecast. Of course, have you covered as well with the Justin Fields Syndicate. Numerous other bets being discussed as well. But it does seem like at least right now uh, things are kind of trending in our you know understood direction which is great to see so we'll see if that continues on i'm wondering you know as a more macro level question or evergreen question how are you kind of handling you know a few weeks out from the draft obviously it's really tough to trust any sort of like quote unquote inside information valuing stuff like that are you basically sizing up some of these drafts you know draft props and stuff like that based on your evaluation of that particular prospect you know 1A, 1B, you obviously think Justin Fields is a much better prospect at the quarterback position than Mac Jones. Um, is that kind of how you're evaluating some of these various markets? Or are you, you know, kind of trying to read the tea leaves a little bit to cipher some of the information that's uh, being rumored to come out basically from some of these teams at this point? I, I got to be honest with you, man. I'm sort of like waiting until the draft. I feel like this is the first year, you know, well, this is this is a year where we've certainly gotten the best of it. So, like, you and I have some Zach Wilson at minus 167 to be the second overall pick. If you look at DraftKings, it's minus 5,000. Um, you know, we, we, have, we have Jamar Chase, first wide receiver, taken at minus 149. That's minus 625 now in DraftKings and over yeah. minus 900 uh, on, on FanDuel. Um, you know, we have some, you know, plus price guys like Javante Williams at 7-1. to one. 
Uh, and obviously the Fields one now, we have plus 250, um, and it's now a favorite uh, to go, uh, you know, at the third spot. To me, I think the worst thing that we could do betting this is probably, you know, just betting into coin flips at this point. We have right. a bunch of things that are favored uh, to essentially go. And there are there's going to be value that pops up here and there, um, you know, throughout the process. I mean, we even have Sertan at minus 189 to be the first corner taken. That's minus 305 on DraftKings. So to me, I, you know, I'm trying to play the waiting game until the drafts comes and not, you know, not make that many bad bets, you know, from here right. until, yeah, as many coin flips from here uh, until two Thursdays from now. Um, but um, one thing that I am looking forward to is sort of scenario planning, thinking through, um, you know, what happens in the first round um, so that we can wake up on, on Friday morning and start to bet second round ones because we had a lot of success there uh, a season ago, uh, betting second round prop, props uh, on day two. Yep, those are great. Those are kind of like, you know, some of those uh, player prop markets that we get early Sunday morning for an NFL slate of games. Not too much um, in the way of price discovery happening. So those are some of my favorite bets. We did have quite a bit of success last year. We should have an article out this year. Uh, it's probably something we can probably hit on on, you know, podcast as well. So a lot of things coming up for you. Make sure you check out PFF.com. We have tons of, you know, betting content, fantasy content, NFL draft content, uh, mock draft simulator, everything in between. So make sure you are getting uh, your PFF Elite or Edge subscriptions locked in for the season. Uh, it's the best time to buy because it's going to carry you all the way through until next year at this point. So uh, from Ben Brown, joined by Eric Eager, I appreciate you guys listening to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast.